It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Carson Ray. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's Carson. And John McDermott. Uh, hello, it's John. And I honestly, I don't know how, how to start this episode off. I It's hard to evaluate. This is probably the biggest week in X-Wing news I've like it feels like it compares to even second edition launching. Am I wrong in that regard? Am I being hyperbolic? Um, no, that's that's a pretty good parallel. I mean, like I couldn't even say my opening line there, so so maybe that speaks to where <laughs> we're at. Already voicing some opinions on this episode. Um, yeah, so we're coming in a position here. A lot has happened in the past week and a half. Uh, this is all going to be very interesting if you have not been following what's going on in the greater X Wing community with recent announcements from Atomic Mass Games. Uh, but some big changes are coming in the world of X-Wing. So we're going to break that down today. We are going to, this might be one of the longest episodes. I'm going to guess right now this will be one of the longest episodes in Radio TCX history. Because um, we have a lot to cover. We're going to cover the recent announcements that uh, telegraph the changes coming. We're going to talk about a really significant live stream from Atomic Mass Games uh, just a few days ago where they outlined some of the big changes that are for sure coming and some potential changes that are also kind of massive for the game. Right. So really long episode might scratch that that 35, maybe 40 minute mark. <laughs> In classic radio TCX. I don't know if it can get longer than our hyperspace hazard episodes. Um, but yeah, so we're going to break it all down for you. So if you're coming into this with a strong opinion about these upcoming rules changes, um, you're, hopefully this will be an interesting conversation for you to listen to. If you have no idea what we're talking about, I think this will be a cr- really interesting conversation. But um, lots to talk about, so let's dive into this. All right, John, can you lay down for us the uh, just the timeline, the big things that have happened in this past week and a half? Yeah, so... Let's go back about a week and a half. I think it was either a Thursday or a Friday. I think it was Friday, um, right? Yeah, Friday. Yep. Uh, there was supposed to be an AMG stream that Thursday, and due to some inclement weather over on the West Coast, uh, they were not able to stream. So they dropped a screenshot of a proposed rule change on their Facebook page on Friday. And that introduced uh, some new elements to how uh, we plan our turns in X-Wing. Yeah, so the big change that was brought up is uh, what has now been called ROAD, uh, R-O-A-D, which stands for Random Order After Dials. So AMG had already announced that um, there'd be a change to the way player order is determined. Currently, it's determined by the quote-unquote bid system, where whoever spends fewer points in a matchup gets to decide who is first player. Um, That we knew was going away. We knew it was going to be random. Um, This change, I think, came as a surprise to a lot of different people. Well, and it came as a surprise change with little to no context. Like, we didn't really know what we were going to get out of that stream. And then all of a sudden, we have this proposed rule change um, that I don't think anyone really saw coming at all. Right. It was right before Halloween, you know, spookiest time of the year. And uh, it was a spooky change for X-Wing as well. Uh, I mean, for some people, for other people, maybe not so spooky. Um, but this was, uh, I don't want to get into the exact um, reaction people have had across uh, different X-Wing pages, especially on social media here, but it clearly struck a chord. So this change uh, had a strong reaction from the fan base, um, some negative, some positive. Yeah, maybe spooky is the wrong word, but but I think shocking is like 
whether you think this is a, a positive or a negative change, like this was surprising. And um, so there's a lot of uncertainty, too. So initial negative reaction that weekend, um, AMG said they were going to li- uh, live stream this past Thursday, which they did. And that brought us not only clarification on the proposed road rules change, as we'll call it forward, random order after dials, uh, but also telegraphing some potential changes and some confirmed changes coming in the uh, future for X-Wing. Um, and... I feel like there, it's kind of weird. I don't want to be melodramatic, but I do want to like throw a couple things out there before we dive into this conversation because people are. This has been kind of a polarizing topic, especially for players who have been playing this game for a while who are very invested in this game. So, a few points I wanted to clarify before we start. First off, it's got to be important to note that John Carson and I, um, as much as we try to be objective about things and approach things analytically, um, we've been playing this game for years. We love this game, and we've developed a lot of preferences and a lot of opinions about it. And um, I can guarantee that in the you know coming amount of time here, we're going to record this episode, we are going to share some criticisms of some of these changes that are coming from the new direction X-Wing is going in. Um, and that isn't to say, I want to clarify that because I know people who listen to the show actively, they're going to fall on both sides of the spectrum for this issue. Some people are going to be very excited about these changes. Some people are going to be apprehensive or maybe angry or sad about these changes. Um, as people often react when things change. Um, I wanted to say, first of all, that if you are excited about the new rules and the new changes coming, that is a good thing. Like, you should not be upset about that. You should not be ashamed of that. And I don't want us... I don't want you to feel like we're trying to convince you or anybody's trying to convince you that you shouldn't be excited about certain things. Um, it's good. This is the direction X-Wing is going now. We'll talk about all these changes here soon. But um, it's an exciting time. If you're excited about them, that's great. You can be a part of this. You can immerse yourself in that. That's a great thing. We don't want X-Wing to go away, even if you know a lot of people who are invested in this game um, maybe aren't going to be as interested in it anymore. We don't want the game to go away. We love this game. The counterpoint to that is that we also recognize that um, um, we have some concerns and some, um, you know, trouble associated with this, some problems we have with it. Um, So if you are apprehensive or unhappy with the changes, we also understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, like, this has been, for some people, a really rough week or week and a half. Like, uh, these are some big changes and, and, like, for some people, like, this is a pretty sad announcement um and and like if you're excited like man i am i'm really jealous honestly like (laughs) like i love this game and and, like it sucks to feel this way um and 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 so like you know if if like this hurts like this is a big change like the game you loved like you you feel like it it suddenly kind of ended like i get that and and it sucks. Yeah, I mean, even amongst the three of us here, we have certainly invested a lot of our time into you know playing this game and getting into the community. And obviously, the last thing we would ever want to do is diminish somebody's opinion or how they feel about it, because um, it's it's good to have you know constructive discussions about these changes, um, regardless of which side of that coin you land on. Um, and it's just important to you know maintain. Uh, a level of respect and, you know, to be honest with people that you're talking to um, because you may be talking to someone that feels the same way or someone who feels the complete opposite. And there are different reasons why either of those opinions are valid or should be considered. So uh, that's one thing that the three of us are definitely going to keep in mind as we kind of go through these changes and how we feel about them on this episode. But uh, just keep that going as you're having conversations in your own communities about what's coming for the future of the game. 
and I think, you know, one final point on that, too, and this is something I've been pondering as I've thought about the changes, especially, you know, even just starting when they announced that initial, uh, put that up, that initial post with the rules. Um, one thing I want to keep in mind, and, like, I have to remind myself is that there's not, like, an objective correct way that the game should go. Um, game design is a thing where you choose directions and you you make decisions and they're going to affect the outcome and how the game is played. And I'm not in a position to say any of those decisions are right or wrong. Uh, players may be more or less interested in them and different groups of players will be more or less interested in them. But game design's a moving thing. So games will change and you know the people who are interested will change with that too. So I think that's an important perspective all the way through this. Now we're going to be honest here and I we're going to have a fair number of criticisms, but I want to get that point out there where I'm not saying it's necessarily like a matter of right and wrong. Um, it's a matter of what we've enjoyed about the game in the past and what's changing. So um, I think we should just dive into this discussion, though, because there's so much to talk about. All right. So I think the first thing to start off here is we should break down specifically what's changing in X-Wing. So um, when we had the initial changes announced last week, it was primarily that change to the way player orders determined. So now player orders determined um, at the start of the game before ships are placed, because that's a necessity to make sure we can place ships in a certain order. Um, you will roll three dice in X-Wing. The Anyone who rolls the most crits goes first. If there's a tie or no crits, then the most focused results goes first. After that, it's hits. And if there's still a tie, it's re-rolls. Um, so when that's determined in the setup round, then ships are placed and the first turn goes along. And then every turn after that, you will set dials first and then roll for player initiative. I, I guess I want to start right there with, uh, how unintuitive that is. Um, yeah. Just no. the, the order of breaking those ties. Tim, you and I played some games <laughs> and like every turn, I think we were confused. Yeah. And this is a, maybe a small gripe. This is a little more on the nitpicky side. It was kind of funny, like um, aside from like the mechanical function that rolling after dials has, it's a weird thing to roll off to win and then to oftentimes have winning the die roll be a bad thing. Like, John and I played some games, and it would be like, we'd roll, and I'd be like, yeah, two crits, take that, John. And then I'd be like, oh, wait, no, I wanted to move second. Like, there was kind of a counterintuitive, like, just on that front, winning the die roll, and then also having focuses be more valuable than hits. A minor gripe, and I get why they did it, like, because it's a statistic thing, but... Because they're going in order of rarity, right? Crits are the rarest. Right. No, that one that was like the one part that really made sense to me was okay, uh, those are some dice stats and I, I can easily parse that. Um like one of my first reactions is like, um I I've played this game at a high level and and like very good players already have a hard time like keeping perfect track of player order um with all these like interacting initiatives. And it's just like, okay, now we're going to dramatically complicate that. <laughs> well, right. So that's a big change. So let's talk a little bit uh, about how we know road will affect the game going forward. Uh, and my first point to this is we don't know everything because um, it has so many implications. And I think a lot of them are probably small that we haven't even noticed them yet, that it's going to shape the game in a new way. Like, Absolutely. Um, so we can't really cover, we can't claim that we know every impact this will have, whether that's positive or negative on the game. Um, so we want to focus maybe on the things that we do understand, because part of this also is AMG shared other changes that are coming that will also have an impact on things. So it's hard to say um, what exactly is going to happen. So the areas we absolutely know are affected by road rules are when you're setting dials for ships that have a matching initiative. So your ship matches the initiative of one or more enemy ships. 
it's going to be a different situation now. You now have less known information because the order in which those ships activate, which is very relevant for whether ships can complete maneuvers, whether they bump or get blocked by other ships, um, that's shifted into the realm of the unknown. So you're setting a maneuver before you know what order ships will activate. And that matters because, you know, if a ship's already in the position for your two-turn, if you're moving second, you know that ship's probably not going to be there anymore. But if you're moving first, you know it will bump. If you're not sure between the two, setting that two hard turn suddenly becomes very risky. Um, right. And, and like kind of compounding on that, like the value of red maneuvers uh, really changes where like that that stress setback of a red maneuver means, um, okay, well, I'm really only going to go for this if I'm confident that maneuver is going to clear. And, and with this, like some player orders that maneuver will clear and, and some it won't. Right. And, and so like the value of that um, kind of costing mechanic, right. That stress fundamentally changes like that mechanic of like when I go for the K turn has been kind of a crux or, or pillar of that X-Wing game as, as we've known it. And, and, and like how dials have been designed and, and, and that's been a pretty exciting part of, of X-Wing, right? Is like, when do I go for those risky maneuvers? Well, and one of the hard things about analyzing this change too, is that it's not equally relevant in every game you play now. Um, so like an obvious example is if your list has no matching initiatives with your opponent's list, the games are going to feel pretty much the same, you know, barring some, I don't know, end, end phase activation order change or something. For the most part, those games will feel almost identical to the way they did before. It's when you have matching initiatives, which is fairly common, that it starts to become relevant. And um, John and I played a few games the other day, and it was kind of funny, like some games, it felt like it had an effect, I think, in all the games because we had matching I6s. Um, but there were a couple games there where rolling for it randomly didn't like impose a pretty big advantage um, or disadvantage on one player. And and those games were interesting because, you know, in, in the past, there's usually always been a player with a clear advantage, usually in every game. But even with that knowledge, knowing that you're at a disadvantage, you can strategize differently and make different decisions to try to give yourself more of an advantage over your opponent and that's that's harder to do now because you won't know until after you set that maneuver whether or not you are at the disadvantage which is just a different interesting mechanic um and they they did say in the stream that one of their kind of methodologies behind this decision was they wanted to go back and they wanted to make the dial sacred again which was something that was always pretty interesting in x-wing you know, not knowing that maneuver that your opponent set um, and kind of taking that level of chance anyway. Um, and and I can I can get behind that. I think that's good. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just, it really shakes up each turn, not knowing whether or not you're actually going to have the disadvantage or the advantage and being able to plan around either, either side of that. And I think maybe um, one of my criticisms of the, uh, a recurring opinion I've heard out there is that the fact that it's um, like a 50-50 decision on who gets player order makes it more fair. And in terms of like, there's not one player who consistently has the advantage throughout the whole game as if it were determined by bid or even just random order ruled for at the start of the game and then kept static. 
there still is like advantages turn to turn. Um, and I, I felt that a couple times in our game, John, um, as you recall, where there was a turn where um, I actually kind of needed to move first by Poe Dameron versus your Imperial I-6 Aces. Like I kind of needed to move first and I didn't. So then you ended up being able to barrel roll and block by Poe. So he got no actions. And that was a turn where I was in a position to like take a target lock on a further away ship and get the focus and probably fire the proton torpedo. So like that was very relevant to me where in maybe a normal situation, in that matchup, if it was a bid system, you would most most certainly pick to move afterwards because you probably had a bigger bid. So I would know I was moving first. And then a later turn when it was very relevant for me, like I kind of needed to move second, you also got that advantage. And these were like pretty close together in terms of like at what point of the game it was. And one thing that I think you mentioned a couple times, Tim, is that when we were you know doing the road uh, rolls and kind of talking about it post-game, Uh, You made the comment a couple times to me how you felt like um, road didn't replace, you know, something that previously existed or didn't exist in the game with something that was more meaningful. And I think you've touched on it a little bit with your kind of description of how, you know, you were planning out your turns. But I, I think it'd be interesting and, you know, a good thing to hear kind of more of your evaluation of that. Oh, sure. And and part of this comes down to game design decisions. So I think one of the big ways road changes the game is that it shifts the, um, you know, it, and it's hard because we, a lot of us had gotten used to playing uh, random order determined at start of the game after we had kind of gotten the previous announcement that player order was changing. So a lot of this opinion is built on from the perspective of like, I'd prefer if we just rolled for it at the start of the game. But there's a huge factor where even if you're at a disadvantage, you have the ability to plan for that, right? So if even if I'm, you know, in a game matched up, my I6 has other I6s I have to compete with, generally we see, okay, moving last or moving second is the priority position because you can reposition, you get to see what they do first, you can arc dodge. Generally, that's been a, a pretty big advantage. I don't think anyone would contest that. Um, but that doesn't mean counterplay doesn't exist. And the fact that I had reliable information I could work with, like, oh, I can move first. I can actually use my I6 to block the other I6s. That's not the, that's not certainly not an advantage, but it's something I can do. Now that that's taken away, that's shifted the balance of, you know, when the advantage comes. So now it's not that I have just a consistent disadvantage that I could count on. It's that I have a circumstantial disadvantage that, you know, part of the trouble of analyzing the impact Road has is that even if it doesn't come up a lot, if it's meaningful one time in a game of X-Wing, well, we've all seen games of X-Wings that swing pretty hard on one turn, right? So if I am in a position where I don't really have any good choice because I don't know the initiative order and my opponent maybe has more options, um, that just feels like a disadvantage anyway. So it's kind of shifted where the disadvantage is to like one persistent one I can account for maybe to down to that turn-by-turn level where I don't know where it's going to be relevant and I can't plan for it ahead of time. Right, and and I think, like, for me, that feels like a really big loss. Um, like, there were players that never really saw much value in bidding and still played, like, high-initiative ships because, like, they found play styles and, and um, strategies where there was a way to play this game other than, you know having perfect board knowledge with the repositioner, right? You could you could leverage aggression and range control and blocking um, and, and all these kind of things we've talked about over the years, right? T- to where you could really level the playing field or even um, create advantages of your own being player one. And, and, and like, for me, like those were opponents I really respected and like 
they showed me, oh, wow, there was so much to this game, like so much more I still had to learn. And, and like that, that was like really um, a, a rewarding part of, of this game uh, was seeing, well, just how talented some players were with um, this, you know, planning and activation phase, um, which feels like that's where the focus of the game is, is maybe moving away from with AMG. No, I, I think that's a good analysis, Carson. And I think um, one like recurring argument I've seen out there in you know, X-Wing across social media is that, oh, oh, it takes less skill with this rules change. Oh, it actually takes more skill um, because you don't know the player order. And I, first of all, I don't know if I have enough data to make like an absolute declaration. I have a gut feeling that it's going to lower the skill ceiling a little bit on the game. But I think it's certainly a different set of skills because you suddenly have to uh, weigh your risks a lot differently. So, you know, before, if I had it in a position where I was always going first, I had to take risks of like, okay, what if they do this maneuver and arc dodge me? Okay, what if I have to, what if I can't get them in arc? Um, I'd have to make all my decisions and choose my actions beforehand. Now my risk assessment is completely different because I have to wage like, well, if they move here and I go last, I can't K-turn or talent roll. Like, it's going to be a different game of risk assessment. And I've also heard this, um, I call it kind of the myth of the optimal maneuver, uh, where people say, well, you just have to spend, with road rules, you'll have to spend more time choosing the optimal maneuver. Well, that's not, maneuvers in X-Wing are always contextual, right? They're always based on what your opponent chooses to do. They're going to affect your outcomes. And that's true before road and after road. So it, there's not really a like more perfect maneuver you can pick, depending on your position around obstacles and the board state. Like even after road rules, sometimes players will be in a uh, disadvantageous position and will have fewer maneuvers. I feel like in a lot of cases, road actually takes a situation that was already bad for you and makes it worse because you have no reliable information to work with about where certain ships are going to be. Right, and, and like yeah, just like knowing you had that disadvantage and, and like being able to plan for that, like. That just, I don't know, like that seems easier for me to deal with at least um, than all that unpredictability. And, and you know, the, I think the last point too is that it does, uh, road rules do affect blocking or matched initiative, like play order, not even just blocking, just when you're like in an end game state where you have matched initiatives. Um, it affects the way that plays out in a way that I think makes it a lot more volatile, which is not something, again, this is something I don't enjoy about X-Wing. Like I don't want to get to an end state where I might lose just by virtue of I set what would normally be a reasonable maneuver and I lost out on player order, right? Like that would not be a fun way to lose a game. Um, I don't think. Obviously, people can disagree. I do think it does affect blocking. It doesn't. Obviously, you still have that nature of lower initiative ships can block higher initiative ships, um, as the rules are set right now. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but that's still true. But in those cases where you do have matched initiative, that's actually really relevant for a lot of lists, like efficiency swarm lists, where you know you might get matched up against another efficiency swarm. And y if you guys are you know using a jousting strategy or something, or you're just ready to attack, the order you activate is very important because in those kind of efficiency lists, typically you want to go first, get your move, take your actions, and mess up all their moves at the matched initiative. Now that's completely thrown up to chance. And that, so like that strategy is not going to be reliable anymore. So we are seeing a difference in the game. Right. And, and like, I would like to say I'm decent at setting maneuvers. Um, I still like have a hard time or maybe not a hard time, but like I still sometimes have accidental collisions, right? Unintended collisions. And, and like that is with the more straightforward locked player order, like 
this is a complex game we play. It is hard to like always navigate that perfectly every turn. Now that order is going to get much more complex. Um, and, and so those unintended collisions like are going to go up. And I, I think too, something that is definitely worth keeping in mind and considering as you play and try out these things, um, always value your own opinion. Uh, it's always important to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but remain constructive and critical and remember that you're not going to get enough data out of trying this twice (laughs) and expecting to understand completely the implications of what it's going to do to the game because it's just not going to happen um and I'm, i'm not out here trying to like blame people who have you know maybe said oh yeah we tried two or three games with these rules and here's what we noticed that's fine and that's great and that's what we need in order to get better data and form opinions but keep in mind it's going to take it's going to take more than 3 games for you to fully understand the implication of it um actually on the table um but don't don't let that diminish your your gut feeling about it either and, and like on a side to that too is uh one thing that's important to remember about we've recorded this podcast and we've always tried to angle it to the perspective of like for people who are new to the game or intermediate at the game that's kind of the language the level we try to use so that people can you know we consider this podcast kind of x-wing outreach right we're trying to reach people and get them excited about the game um but we still very much have a what you call maybe a competitive player perspective of we're we're thinking about things as they'll impact you know, high level events, because I feel like high level events, uh, competitive events are often what get people excited at the store level. Um, And that was true for me when I started playing the game. I was interested in how people at higher level events were doing as I was going to my store events. It made me excited to play locally. Um, So that's why our focus has always been on like, how is the game played competitively? Obviously, you can play X-Wing however you like at your kitchen table, right? And that's not going to that's not going to impact the outcomes here. But to your point, John, there's like an argument to be said where, you know, people are trying this out and I would encourage you whether you feel bad or good about it, like try out road rules, play a bunch of games with it. Um, if you think it's fun, that's true. If someone thinks it's not fun, that's also true. Like those things are not, it's not like a, we need to pull everybody, see how they feel. And then that's how the game should be developed entirely. I don't know if that's like an exact, because it might be a 50, 50 split. We don't know. And and the key part there is play a bunch of games. <laughs> yeah. Get those games in. So keep trying it. And like I said before, we don't we don't know all the implication of the changes here. I think the big takeaway I'd want to leave people with, and this is not like a not negative or positive thing, um, but it's something AMG reiterated I think a few times, and we'll get into that here in a second. Um, but that this is a this is a different game. They're changing things up, and they've admitted that. And um, that's something to note here is that you can't just dismiss Road as a minor change. No, they they acknowledge it's a big change, and I think that's why there was such a reaction from the community. And, and no reaction is unwarranted. Uh, and I think at the, at the end of the day, what, you know, and I think we had talked about this a little bit when we played, Tim, is one thing to remember is that uh, we are a customer and yes, we spend money on this product and that's, you know, ultimately what will drive the game forward is continued sales. But um, it, it's AMG's game and it's well within their right to do anything they want with it, uh, whether we like it or not. And that's basically what they said in the stream. So um you don't have to like it, but uh, I, I would strongly encourage people just to keep an open mind and, and to think about things like that. All right, so we got to talk about the live stream, AMG's recent live stream, um, because there's just so much information that we need to discuss here, because a lot of it's going to have a strong influence on um, 
where the game's going. And a lot of the focus of the stream, I feel like, was on them clarifying that they're taking the game in a new direction. Um, so at, at the start here, I just want to clarify some details. So this was a live stream AMG put on uh, this past, was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Um, and it they went for, I think, about an hour and 20-ish minutes. So it was the head of studio over at Atomic Mass Games, uh, Will Schick, along with their uh, lead designer for X-Wing, Michael Plummer. Um, and they were playing a game of X-Wing on there, but they admitted right away that the, that was not the focus of the live stream. So I the, the details of the game are not hugely important. It did queue up a few um, few future potential rules changes that are um, very impactful to X-Wing. Um, and also, obviously, as I start this conversation, to every point we've made so far, like um, we're, if we're critical of something, this is not a condemnation of them as designers you know, or anything like that. This is just us um, sharing our perspective on the game and where we think it's going and whether or not we uh, think that's a good or bad thing. Um, but we're, we're going to try our best here to cover the details. If you really want, um, I'd actually recommend if you want all, like a lot of what their perspective and the direction of the game is, you can watch the stream even like about the first uh, 15 minutes. Will does a pretty good job of clarifying and spelling out why Road is being a change that's implemented in the game um, and the direction um, they want to take X-Wing in the direction they think it should go. Um, so it can exist for, as they said, the next 10 glorious years. So um, we're going to try and go through, through things here roughly chronologically. Um, I've combined a couple notes if they were related, but this will be about as they address the content in the live stream. And we're just going to go through each point, uh, share our thoughts, and uh, you know, figure out what's going on here. Uh, well, I guess we can start with deficit scoring, right? That's kind of pretty simple. If you don't spend all your points... Um, in list building, right, those points that you don't spend are given to your opponent at the start of the game. Like, this is fine. It means, um, like, you couldn't spend less points, and then your opponent doesn't have that opportunity to score an equal amount of points as you would have. So th that seems like a pretty simple, fine change. Like, I don't think anyone has any complaints about deficit scoring. No, and they, like, already talked about this and clarified it. And this is officially coming with the uh, rules update that we'll get here relatively soon. Um, and, yeah, the, like, the main point being, like, you can't not spend 20 points. So those are 20 points your opponent can't destroy. At the beginning of the game, whatever you don't spend, your opponent just scores immediately. So that clarifies that. Also helps eliminate the bid system. Obviously, they're not using the bid system to determine player order anymore. So this is kind of an attachment to that. It's not, um, it's not the most impactful thing in the world, but... You know, when you're getting down to like a very granular level on a for a competitive game, like those points being stored in a, you know, by not being spent could matter potentially in a metagame. So that makes sense. Also, this is like an, I don't think this is a, a controversial issue for any of us. Like seems like a pretty reasonable outcome, especially if the bid system is going away anyway. Yeah, this was a reasonable solution to a pretty decent problem. Um, and it just promotes, you know, use of the components of the game that are designed for that purpose you know we have dozens and dozens and dozens of upgrades and people should be using them so deficit scoring definitely helps with that so what this does lead into is um deficit scoring related to the bid system bid system related to player order so all these issues are interconnected and at this point they kind of spelled out what they viewed as the problem they were looking to solve and why they implemented road so the main issue was they viewed there's a definitive advantage for one player depending on depending on what the player order is. Um, and that's not always going second. We often think of it that way where, you know, Asuntur fell moving last over Poe Dameron. 
that seems like an advantage. There's also a lot of cases where if you're at a lower initiative or matched initiatives, you might want to go first for a number of reasons. So either way, um, and I think this is a fair assessment, there is an advantage incurred depending on a static player order, one person always moving first or last. Right, and, and I guess here, like my opinion is that advantage is wildly blown out of perspective. I, I think, um, like I have seen, like players win as player one too many times, and and like I've been in that position as player two where I thought I had an advantage and an opponent took it away, and like for me that was an amazing experience to be like, oh, I thought I went into this one with an advantage, and like my opponent proved me wrong, and like I thought that was like such a cool aspect of the game of like. I could think I had this advantage and, and like that, that was, I don't know, maybe an overconfidence that, that set me up for failure. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the quote unquote, I think I've heard people call them zombie games before. And this would be a case where like, oh, it's high initiative. I'm playing against an opponent who's using the same initiative. Whoever goes last is going to win. Um, and this is not a denial. Like you incur an advantage and sometimes a huge advantage by controlling initiative. So like, I would never deny that. Um, I reject the premise that that is an absolute death sentence. Um, maybe if you're not the type of person who wants to even give it a go, I can understand that mentality. Um, but counterplay has always existed in X-Wing, and having matched initiatives is not the only way to play against higher initiative ships. Um, so a lot of that's matchup dependent and list building dependent. So I'm not saying there's not an advantage. Clearly, there is an advantage to controlling player order, um, and sometimes it's substantial. But counterplay exists in both you know, specific games, even if you're at a disadvantage or in how you built your lists. Um, so I don't like the roundabout thing I'm getting to is that like road is an answer to that and trying to um, decrease the advantage you get from player order. Um, it's not like the only potential answer that they could have done, but this is the one they chose. Right. And, and I think where I'm frustrated with is there, there was another answer that like, I think the community sort of interpreted from their initial announcement that they were changing the player order to a random player order, which was that that rolling at the start of the game. Wait, so we get rid of the bid, we roll at the start of the game, and then that determines the player order for the rest of the game. And they said they tried that and, and didn't quite like the results. My personal sample size is like, okay, well, I've played in some events that have used that ruling right since AMG announced that. And for me, my win-loss percentage is about the same on on whether i was player one or player two and, and so that didn't feel like that was a definitive advantage one way or the other and i think i was actually slightly skewing to losing more as player two but i'm not i'm not positive on that that's just my perspective on that is like oh that seemed like a pretty good balance but they they i guess you know looked at more more games than just what i was playing i guess <laughs> Well, so John, you play, you've played a lot of your current list, like is a bunch of I six aces, right? So you've played a fair bit of this, and um, like, could you dive a little bit into like what are the implications in a system where it was a static player order determined at the start of the game, kind of like everybody assumed? Like that, did that make things generally more difficult for a list like yours? Um, I mean, that really is dependent on the matchup, right? If there's matched initiatives, then uh, maybe, but then you have other elements that come in, like upgrades on the ships and player skill and all those things like that. But, um, you know, I, when they announced the random player order thing, um, we started implementing it at our local game night, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, we've definitely been playing with it for, I don't know, maybe a month now. Uh, time is relative, I guess. But, um, <laughs> uh, 
I didn't necessarily feel like that iteration of random player order, um, I guess to kind of mirror Carson's um, feelings on it, had a huge impact. Um, because, you know, if you had matched initiatives before random player order, um, depending on, you know, if you had a bid or not, then you were moving first or last anyway. So to me, it didn't feel like a huge shift. It just felt like a more fair way to decide that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so, but again, like, I don't think 12 games is an adequate amount to substantially formulate the impact like you know if we've had maybe three months of it and then asked like maybe my opinion would be different because you'd have more games and a more like concrete record of whether it affected you or not so um but yeah and i well and i think too to your point like it's a it's also a case of random play order static determined at the start of the game is an impact that's felt over the course of several games it's not an impact that's felt in any individual game right so if you're doing a random play order and you happen to you know decide at the start of the game that you're moving second anyway that feels about the same as ever for you john as if you had taken a big bid right so that game will feel like it did before uh so one of the changes road brings is that every game will now feel it on a turn-by-turn basis rather than on a game-by-game basis and i i liked that just random at the start of the game simply because um i mean i definitely played into the bidding system uh it was a problem that i acknowledged existed but i did it you know i'd play my initiative six aces and i would bid you know sometimes 14 15 16 points but now with this new system or what we thought was going to be the new system i could then include upgrades that i really wanted and opted now to take in order to have the bid um so that you know in that aspect felt a lot better well it's kind of interesting like if you look at it um bid system compared to like the what we all assume the static play order at the start of the game versus road like those there's not like a perfect system there they all have trade-offs right pros and cons um I, I, and I think a lot of us here, you know, all three of us here, like tend to not like the implications road has because of the randomness. It does throw into situations that previously we could at least operate, even if we were at a disadvantage, we had some information we could operate off of. Um, but each system there still has like a trade-off that it's making, right? So like the trade-off for static player order at the start of the game is that a lot of games will just feel like they always felt, except now your ships have like more hull upgrades. Uh, (laughs) Right. And it's kind of interesting because like, I was really excited about that direction. Like I I thought, Oh, this seems like a great direction for X-Wing. Like it, it's fair and it forces people to learn how to play that player one. Um, You can't just take a big bid and and like kind of rely on always moving second. Like it forces people to learn multiple ways to play that game. Um, Well, and we've made the chess analogies so many times and you know, like, there's a lot of strategic comparisons or there at least until we've seen these recent changes between X-Wing and chess where yes, if you're not going first in chess, that is a disadvantage, but there is counterplay that exists, right? Um, in X-Wing, there's a bias with the bid system where you could just to a certain degree, choose how many points you wanted to bid. If you're bidding 15 points, you're probably winning that bid every time, except in other matchups where they're trying to do that, but that doesn't necessarily come up all the time. So there was like a different game to be played if you had to learn how to play second because you do counterplay exists. You have to learn how to play differently. And I liked the idea too of a game system where um, you would determine random player order 
at the start of, if you want to call it setup, I guess, uh, before ships are on the board. Um, and then I wasn't even opposed to alternating player order. Um, you know, each turn, someone else is the first player, but it's set. So like, you know, when you're the first player and you know when you're not. Um, and I think, uh, I don't want to assume anything for the community, but I think there were a lot of people that were under the impression that that was kind of the direction it was going. Um, so I definitely tried that out a little bit too, um, playing it that way and found enjoyment in that. Um, but there was still that certainty, right? There wasn't a chance that you weren't going to be first player um, at some point, right? Right. And um, to, so AMG's point too, and they talked about the different systems, is they said that determining it randomly at the start of the game wasn't enough of an answer for them. They said that alternating each round um, to them kept it at the same issue where you just wait for your perfect moment to move in when you had the advantage. And then they also said they experienced the same issue at you know determining player order before setting your dials, where one player would operate with um, better, or as they called it, perfect information. I guess not technically perfect, right? Because there's still uncertainty. Um, but working with more information because they knew they were going to move last or move first in a given dial set. So the solution they came to was road. And it's it's hard to talk about because I had I, I was conflicted at first, um, partly when we had just partial information before the stream, and I didn't understand exactly the implications. Now that we have a better idea of what uh, Atomic Mass Games' vision is for X-Wing, it kind of explains that decision-making a lot more. Um, so I want to dive in here a little bit into some of the things they said that I kind of took away the vision of the future of the game. Um, one thing that's recurring in the conversation, Will, Will Schick brings this up several times throughout the stream, is that X-Wing has changed a lot from its original design. Um, and part of what they're shooting to do is what bring it back to what they think is kind of the core vision of X-Wing as it was originally intended. Which I think is interesting. And th this might be a little bit of an aside, right? But I feel like one of the things that has been kind of a recurring theme in conversation um, for many years in X-Wing is um, like, how do you really truly measure? And, and in this case, it's player intent. Um, but it's interesting to hear them talk about what they think the intent of the game was when, you know, they weren't the original developers and, um, you know, maybe have or have not played the game um, for many years or played competitively or casually. So I, I just think that that was an interesting point that kind of stuck out to me over the course of that stream. And and I think um, this is one point I want to reiterate too, because I've uh, seen a fair bit of argument that the road changes or even some of these other changes are not a substantial change to X-Wing. And as I said earlier, that is not what AMG is saying because um, they made it pretty clear in the stream. I actually pulled some quotes. I feel like it's worthwhile just reading a couple of these to clarify what we're talking about. Like they believe they're taking... The game is new now. It's going in a different direction, and you'll just hear a couple of these. Um, I think these were all actually just uh, Will Schick, I think, shared all of these. Uh, first one, uh, this radically changes how you approach the game, what's good and bad. And then another quote, the strategies and the way the game was played before are very different, and that is clearly the point. Uh, another one here, and I will reiterate this once again, the road forward is very much a different version of the game. It is incentivizing a different play style. It is incentivizing more risk. Um, and then there's another one here. It is very intentional that we have kind of come in and shook the snow globe as hard as we can when it comes to how people currently play X-Wing versus how they will play X-Wing in the future. Um, and, and this last one I also want to bring up because I, uh, the other ones I, I get because they're pretty clear. This one was maybe a little, felt a little bad. For those people who are in here saying, I don't like the way the new game system works, I get it. It's different. It's not the same. It's not meant to be the same. I would encourage you to try it. 
If you have tried it and you don't and you still don't like it, you know, I'm sorry. That's all I can really say. Um, that one maybe felt a little bad. <laughs> I'll be honest. Right, that one hurts. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, like I and just like as a personal aside here, and I don't want to be melodramatic because um, I, I very much get where they're coming from. Because a lot of the focus that they're talking about is they're trying to ins- get new players into the game, which is certainly something X Wing has struggled with for many years now. Second edition has not been very accessible to new players. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. A big one I think of always is that when hyperspace shifted to include ships that were not um, available in black box, right? They weren't released with second edition. That felt like a way to push new players out because suddenly they there were tools that they didn't have access to unless they took a really roundabout route to like go buy a tie interceptor and get an exp- and get a you know conversion kit. That's not accessible for new players. And there's a lot of stuff. I mean. We could, we've talked about this before. X-Wing needs to be more accessible for new players. Um, but this this does hurt, like, as someone who's played this game for so long and invested time, like, I've worked hard to practice and get better at the skills that were valued in X-Wing. Um, and to, just to hear it like that, like, I've spent all this time and effort to get better and then have the system changed very suddenly um, does not feel good as, you know, a, I guess you could call it enfranchised player, right? And I think there's a lot of people who um, share this feeling with me. Right. And and it's like we've been down this road. We've we've been playing this game for quite a while. It is not the exact same game that started. Right. Um, it's kind of weird of like, oh, we want to go back to the core X-Wing game um, when the core X-Wing game was like, OK, I had just kind of throw my TIE fighters at your X-Wing and, and we roll dice and see what happens. Right. Like that was that right. core <laughs> game. I was like, that wasn't actually the game we've stuck around for. Right. It, it, it was that added complexity. Right. The more repositioning actions got added. Um, and, and like kind of more of a focus on, on maneuvering came up in the, in the later years, but it still had that core dial focus. Um, and, and yeah, like those skills and, and ways to play the game that it has been like, that's the part of the game I really love. Right. Like, and, and so that's tough. And, and you've mentioned like the core of the game a couple of times too. And I think, and a really interesting point that you know they made in the stream that really shows kind of the the different train of thought they're taking in um, regards to the development of this game is that they believe that at its core X-Wing is not a two-player game uh, which was a comment they made during the stream um, and really kind of stuck out to me because literally the the core set of the game is designed for two people and the the fundamental um, kind of rules, you know, documents and how we structure tournament play and all of that um, are really focused around each game involving two players. Now we have formats like Aces High and Epic, um, but those, at least in my opinion, were not what the core of X-Wing was or is. Um, so that that that's just interesting to me as well. And I would, and I think you're mostly right there, John. I would push back a little bit with, I think it was more what I interpreted them saying as, and again, it's up to interpretation, is they were saying that X-Wing's not only for the two-player dogfight, right? Um, and they, they were saying they're keeping that in mind, like the reason we roll three dice to determine player order is so that if you're playing with multiple players, a flip of a coin or a roll of one die doesn't account for that. Whereas if four people all roll three dice, you can see who wins or who tied and they roll off so you can determine initiative and go around from there. Um, but I think your point is true and there's some interesting stuff um, I think it's in my notes later that they bring up about what they view on X-Wing that I felt like contradicts a little bit of the decision they're making. 
Um, I also pulled up one more quote here I feel like I have to read because it does describe um, what at one point Wilshick said um, when talking about the strategy, people who are not excited about it said, you are correct. Your strategies and tactics you currently use are completely screwed. Um, and that's what it feels. I think that's a pretty good summary. I was um, I kind of appreciate how frank he was about that. Um, <laughs> uh, it brings to the point, though, where uh, Michael Plummer then was talking a little bit about one of their main goals is that they're trying to reduce the skill floor for the game. Um, as a way to bring more players in, which I think we can all agree bringing players in is something we all do want, um, not that we necessarily agree about how they're doing it. Um, his point to that was that um, currently if you want to get into X-Wing, like you see a lot of people who've played the game for a while, um, in order to get up to where you feel competent playing against those players, he said it's probably going to take you months to get to that point where you can go to a table and you don't feel like they're going to have all this knowledge. So road a as a way to address that where there's less certainty for the you know, longer term, the more skilled players about what happens. So that allows newer players to be more successful. Right. And I'm kind of laughing at that months of like, okay, well, it's taken me, gosh, probably, you know, what it's been about seven years. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, um, it takes about seven years to feel confident. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm like maybe getting there. Right. Like, <laughs> um, but like, I, that's what I loved. Right. Like I was like, casual gamer before like i got into x-wing um like very narrative focused and and like i like i don't know i, I went to my first x-wing tournament and like got my butt kicked and like i was like wow that's awesome <laughs> there's an aspirational quality to it absolutely right i think like, that's one of the reasons we have organized play is like you see people who are better than you and there's going to be a category of people like you and i who like oh i want to get better like i want to learn how to play like they play and that sounds like a cop out to like, um, <laughs> like that sounds like an elitist X-wing cop out of like it should remain the same. So like people like me can always be good at the game. That's genuinely not what I mean. Like, but I think it's it's hard to see that when you're talking to me seven years later after playing the game and not seeing me like fly two X-wings and two B-wings and just get completely tabled like the first year I played. Well, and and like maybe said a different way, like what has kept me interested in this game for all those seven years is. I've always felt like I could get better. Like, I still feel like there's more I can learn. And, and like, you know, like even where I was at, right, like two weeks ago, like I still felt like I had a lot more I could learn with that game. Well, and that's the fear, right? So, and I think that's uh, the fear I have. And I, if you guys share this, let me know where by lowering the skill floor, it's hard also at that same time not to lower the skill ceiling. Um, which is what, like you're saying, Carson, has kept me interested in this game is that I've never felt like I've reached a point where I perfectly understand it. Certainly not. Like, I recognize patterns, but still there are enough little changes that happen that always make me tweak what I do. Um, this change, I feel like, is bringing about um, such a radical new way to play the game, even just looking at Road, not the other proposed changes we'll get into here, um, is bringing about such a radical new way to play the game that I don't think it keeps the skill ceiling at the same point. I think it lowers the overall skill it takes to to have in the game. And that's and that's a statement people can disagree with. Like I'm open to debate on that and especially since we don't have enough data at this point to really evaluate that. I certainly think it's a different skill set looking at road rules versus, you know, pre-road X-wing. Yeah, and and that is my gut take. I I, I one I hope I'm wrong. Like I think that <laughs> yeah, right. I think that sucks if that's true, but that that is my gut uh, instinct. Yeah, and it's like I felt pretty strongly about that. I it's one of those things where like I'm hope I'm wrong in a month and a half, honestly. Like 
I hope I look back and I go, oh, you know, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal, or maybe this is a change I like overall. Um, what's hard is like I feel the areas that road effects because there's so many different things you can like about X-Wing. I feel the area it affects are like specifically the things I enjoy about it. <laughs> right. Um, so, so they also talked about um, some potential changes they're looking at in the future. Well, and a big one of those is um, they'd already announced abandoned restricted list, which I think um, that that's a reasonable thing to have, um, right? where certain cards you want to just pull out of the competitive game so that they don't warp the environment. Right. And, and like, yeah, we kind of got to clean slate again with second edition, but, I, but I think there were still lessons learned. And, and so that seems fine. I'll, and they shared in the stream that um, with the band and restricted list, which I believe they said will drop with the new rules whenever they come, um, will affect cards because of the way road uh, impacts the value of cards. Anything that lets you look at an opponent's dial, they're going to ban those or at least restrict them heavily because uh, their focus is, as they said, they want to keep the dial sacred, which I think is actually road or not probably a reasonable approach to take. Right. I mean, yeah, like I would be okay if sense was always banned, right? Like that's just, it's not what we need in the game. Now they also said that hyperspace is going away. John, were you excited about that? Uh, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's a secret uh, that I'm not a fan of the hyperspace format. You know, I think initially when we were talking about second edition, um, and if we go like way back to the system open that uh, we all played in at Denver in 2019, um, I think the opinion we had about hyperspace then was very different than how it developed over the course of the next year or two. Um, and I think that change really came when they kind of just started deciding like whatever was going to be in hyperspace so it, it kind of felt like the the format had lost the point of its existence at all uh so now it has no existence at all and that's great <laughs> and well what's replacing it is we're still going to have an extended format we're also going to have a format that's they're, they're calling standard which we don't have a lot of details at this point um but it seems like that's the one where we'll really see the band and restricted list come into play for the more the, it'll be the more curated format i presume um, and extended will be as it is the more open format, which those are good. Like I, those are good changes, you know. Right, that seems fine. Like a hyperspace needed to be kind of relooked at. It. it wasn't really, like you said, John, wasn't really doing. I think what it was originally intended for. And I very much hope for standard. They keep it to just second edition releases. Like, please, whatever you do, just keep it that. So if you're a new player coming in. You can buy all the stuff you need to succeed. Right. And and like I think that's where like hyperspace stopped being like helpful to new players where it's like, okay, but it's always just the new stuff that just came out and not like it's like, oh, I bought this list for hyperspace and then those rotated out. Like that didn't seem actually as as new player friendly as as I think it was intended. As far as um, they clarify, too, in the stream, the changes that are absolutely locked in. So these are not potential changes. These are things that are coming. Road rules are going to be the rules of the game going forward. So and they said these will they're hoping they're going to drop before the end of the year. Um, there's a lot of factors going into that. So I'm not going to be mad at them if they push it further out. I hope they can share them with us as soon as possible. But um, they said hopefully soon it'll be road rules will appear. That means no bids at that point and deficit scoring. And those changes are absolutely locked in along with the banned and restricted list, which they said will show up at the same time to at least accommodate a little bit of the changes from road. Um, they also said that they will consider point changes, obviously, for the impact road will have on the game. 
they're not sure what that is right now, so we don't know if that'll drop right away. Um, one thing I wanted, to, uh, kind of a midpoint here as we talk about the live stream, a couple quotes that I wanted to discuss. Um, so the first one is, they said, the game is not what's happening on the table so much as it's what's happening between two, the two players. And then also, referring to the new rules, um, there's more of a bluff game, there's more of a read game. I found these quotes interesting because I feel like the changes they make from my experience and my impression is that is counter to this, right? Especially Road when referring to the game is not what's happening on the table, it's happening what's between two players. Um, I feel like Road shifts my focus more to the table because suddenly it's not me just guessing my opponent's maneuver, it's me also having to figure out after player order has been determined what to do. Whereas it's not like I can't plan that ahead. I can't just plan for what my opponent's going to do. I also have to just figure out what happens on the fly. Right. And and I feel like that for me, that locked player order kind of dictated more of, of what I could anticipate for my opponent. Like it kind of gave them more clear motives, which allowed me to kind of deduce like what I, I was, was anticipating with their maneuvers and, and like, I was one, not at all, always correct on that. Um, but also like that was a fun challenge. Like I felt like, okay, I have the information to potentially read this uh, board state. Um, it's still very hard. Um, and now it feels like I'm not sure if that's still going to be preserved. Right. I, I and I think like yeah they said okay well Rose is going to be locked in that's what it is and, and we said yeah like, it looks like that incidental like non-intended bumping is going to be more common. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of something they talked about with that that I I think is something they're this is not locked in but but are looking at considering. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we we talked a little bit the three of us uh, outside of recording here about looking at road changes, which we were apprehensive about when they got initially announced. Um, And like, I kind of came to the point where there'll probably be something I always dislike about the game because it does impact the game. I think there's a good chance that that would be something I just would adapt to out of necessity over a few months. Um, I will say, honestly, I am downright worried about these proposed changes that they've shared. Um, The big one being someone asked in the stream um, about is bump. You view, do you see bumping more common? with the road rules and to which uh, Will and Michael both replied, yeah, absolutely. And they shared that one of the rules they're looking at is that after a ship um, bumps, right, moves into another ship and does not complete their maneuver, that they would have the option to take a focus or a calculate. And a lot of people jumped at this right away and said, oh, that's just something they're exploring, something they're testing. I felt very much from the language they were using, it seemed like the fact that they brought this up at all seems like they're inclined to do something when you bump, give you some agency. It wouldn't be like you wouldn't use all your actions. It would just be one of those dice modifying actions. And they still left the door open to say, like, we're not going to do this. But given the changes I've seen in the direction they're pushing the game, this feels like something they're going to do in some form. I don't know. Like, that's just my gut instinct on that. Well, and part of that, too, comes with the fact that they talked about this change in context with the proposed change that we know is coming forward. So it'd be one thing if like they made an offhanded comment, right? Like, oh, well, one thing we've, you know, maybe talked about was like, if you bump, maybe you can do an action. Like, no, they specifically talked about the implications of road and how this change would factor into that. Um, so I, I'm with you, Tim. Like, it, it just very much felt like, um, yes, we're looking at it, but there's a very 
very high chance that this is like a thing that's definitely going to happen. And they weren't, you know, so clear on the timeline on that. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I feel pretty strongly about this change. And to clarify, I want to be totally on it. Like if you watch the live stream too, they clarify that this is not them just warming us up for a change. They clarified that, that this is still something they're very much testing. So I don't want to give the impression that like, this is, that's what they're doing. I, it's just the vibe that if you're in that philosophy where you're fundamentally changing the game like this and you view, um, bumping into a ship and not getting an action, not as just uh, a, a part of the game, but as a problem that needs to be addressed. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't, right, at that point, shift the game design in that direction, which I'm not a fan of because I feel like that, more than Road, honestly, changes a huge part of the game. Right. Um, like, in this, I, I think, kind of where, like, my, like, I don't know, sadness or uncertainty about where we're headed, like, come from the direction that this kind of implies of like, like having negative consequences for maneuvers is like a big part of what made the maneuvering game like really interesting. And, and like why that was like kind of the core focus of the game was like, it wasn't just about, okay, we point our arcs in the general direction and, and roll dice, like your actions and, and modifications, like, one allowed you to escape or, or or catch arcs with those repositioning actions or right, choose actions to uh, modify those dice rolls. Like uh, I was, yeah, playing in the Gold Squadron Galaxies like championship Battle for Alderaan thing this past weekend, right? I, I got knocked out, but like my opponent who knocked me out like had an amazing block on, on Lulo and, and then like, got to focus his droid swarm on, on Lulo and, and take him off the board that turn. Like, and, and it wasn't like I set a simple predictable maneuver. Like my opponent sold out to like point multiple <laughs> shifts at the board edge to catch me shooting up that um, small gap. Like, and, and, and so like uh, that was a really exciting game that like my opponent deserved to beat me on. Like, and, and like, I think Lulo survives if I get a bump and take a focus action there. Well, and, and this change, if you were allowed to take a focus or a calculate, right, uh, that changes a lot. Um, one of the big things that changes is the counterplay you have to high initiative ace pilots. Because um, as I've experienced, I love flying mid-range and I love flying efficiency, right? So like a lot of times my counterplay to high initiative pilots, because I've got a lower initiative ships, is that I'm going to guess where they're going, block up, and deny them that token modification. Which if it's like a, you know, a beefed up Sunter Fell, that might be the only way I can get damage, Right. Whereas, like, now that that's taken away, um, if we see this change and we see it in combination with Road, as Road's going to be the official rules now, that really changes the way the game has to be played. Uh, absolutely. Like, and, like, those cat and mouse games of, like, oh, I'm trying to block you and, and like, like, you're trying to escape, like, those are really exciting. And, and it's, like, there's so much weight on these maneuvers. And to take that away, like... I, I don't know, like that, that feels like a gut punch of like, this is like the core of a, like what is made X-Wing so amazing is like this really complex, like high risk, high reward maneuver game. Um, and to just like right. take the risk out of that, like that just feels wrong. <laughs> and and like, like I don't want to win those games where like I get bumped and there's no consequences like that. That doesn't feel right. Like, I want my opponent to beat me when they get that awesome block. Like that's amazing. Like good for them. Right. 
I, I feel like, and a lot of people can reflect this, one of the coolest moments in X-Wing is when you make a really good call about what maneuver your opponent does, especially if they do something that doesn't seem obvious, right? You make that really good call and you get a payoff here. If they still get a token, you know, or as they also proposed, they might still get to attack at range zero, which is another proposed change in the same category as the focus or calculate when you bump. Um, like, what is the reward for actually anticipating your opponent, you know? Like, still, maybe some arc dodges or something. I'm not entirely, you know, like, that is in the category, but, like, a lot of times that payoff has come from, I moved a ship into where you were going, you know? I called your move when you could have done a bunch of different ones. Um, and that's a reason I think I'm, like, I don't know about you guys, I'm very worried about that because that's not just, like, road where it's, like, one shift in specific circumstances. I think that changes the whole approach you take to the game, um, what kind of list you bring. And that's AMG's made it very clear. That's the kind of change that they're looking for. So I don't see why they wouldn't bring these changes in if that's the philosophy. Well, and I always liked the implication of, you know, those turns where you have the conscious knowledge that bumping is bad, but you do the intentional bump anyway because you're kind of playing the mile-high game, right? Um, I have always enjoyed those turns a lot um, because that's, you know, what Carson mentioned, part of that high-risk, high-reward element of X-Wing. And I think that, maybe this is just a general statement about game development, I think if, if a game existed and never had any negative consequences for anything, it wouldn't be interesting, at least to me anyway. So um, I think, it, yeah, I, I'm anxious about these changes. I'm, I'm with you, Tim. Uh, that is an element I didn't think about. Like that, that tactical self bump of like, this is a bad choice I'm making. Like I'm denying myself an action, but it's putting me in the position I want to be in. Um, that goes away. They right. have, or they have to come up with rules to accommodate that, right? And what are those, you know, that's a and whole it's other like, well, problem man, Like That feels problematic if I can get actions for bumping into myself. Like, Well, and they brought, up the, they brought up the range zero attacks too as a way where what they described as they didn't think blocking strategies, like specifically putting a ship to block your opponent was a, necessarily a bad thing. They weren't saying they were trying to eliminate that. What they were saying was by giving you the ability to shoot at range zero... And they propose, like, you'd shoot without a range one bonus, so just be your normal attack value. Um, That gives the block ship an opportunity to destroy the blocker, but that kind of (laughs) nullifies the whole point of bringing a block, like a low point blocker, right? Because that's a skill trade off where I used my lower point value ship to hold up, tie up one of your resources. Right. It's like I shoot at you, I deal two damage to your TIE fighter. Well, now that ship is like hurling at me, trying to get in my way, and like, that's an interesting thing to try and avoid and still keep arc on it. And it's like, well, if I just go one straight, I'll get arc. Yeah, it's fine. fine. (laughs) 99% of the time, that's what you wanted with Sunter anyway. If you're going to get shot at, you want to have the token. Right. That just seems like a, it just seems like a less exciting version of the game. Um, And I, so, and here's maybe on a personal side. And again, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but like it feels, I feel very much like I'm being pushed out of the game. right? Right. Like, I feel like the messaging here is that players like me who have been here, who have uh, learned to love this game, you know, for all its flaws over time, um, we don't want you anymore, seems to be kind of the recurring message I'm getting from AMG at this point, which, I don't know, That's I guess that's fine. Like, I don't need to belong everywhere, right? But, like, this was a community that's very important to me, so it's very hard for me to, like, just have that suddenly not be something where... I valued, right? Where I want to be a part of it. And the counterpoint to that is new people come in, right? If there's people who are very excited about this, maybe I get replaced by the next generation, right? Of 
people get invested in this game. Um, that doesn't really make it any easier for people like me, though, I think. Right. I, and I think that's that's exactly why it's it's been a pretty tough week. It's like, yeah, I don't want to leave this game, but I feel yeah. like the game just like changed out from under me. Like this isn't this isn't the game I picked anymore, um, but it's like where I'm invested in. And it's like this community is great. Like I've gotten to be a part of it for all these years and like. Uh, built this like mutual love for this game right like i mean we've made a podcast for all these years like because we Mm -hmm. were like this was an exciting game it was just fun to talk about every week and and i'm with you tim like i don't i don't want to sound melodramatic but for me personally i had a hard time during that stream not hearing the developers basically say here's the door um, and, and sure. to me that just, uh, it's so disheartening. Um, you know, I, I've put not as much time as you and Carson into this game, but a fair amount of time, um, to, you know, get into the community and, you know, at least build my skill. And it, it just feels like what's that time worth now? Um, kind of un- like hearing the attitude about what the game is going forward. Yeah. And I think it's just hard to, and, and also I don't want to, like project i'm not projecting anything on the designers right because like i said earlier these are just design choices they're making um that they think is in the best interest of the long-term health of the game and it's their game they can do that uh, and it's their game it's not it doesn't belong to me clearly anymore right like i don't get a say on this stuff um but so i don't want to like push out their negativity that they're doing something you know immoral, immoral. it's not immoral um it's just a design choice they're making and they're they're bringing the game in a different direction um that's still hard to you know that's still hard to take especially since i didn't get a clean break with it right because this feels very much like almost like an addition shift without an addition shift you know like and and i was kind of pondering that too not that this is maybe the best justification but like um we bought into this game not having really seen a major rules change like this before um like in much of first edition, right? And going to second edition, second edition shook up some things and refined some things, but it was primarily the same game. If we were just like going into third edition and I had a moment to where I could just break off clean, right? Where we're seeing major rules changes, that would feel like one thing. Now I feel like I've invested a few years here and then, yeah, like you said, Carson, the rugs just kind of pulled out from underneath you. Um, And, you know, if they don't want me around, that, you know, <laughs> I guess that's okay, right? I guess I have to find something else to do. It's a bummer. It makes me sad. It is a bummer. It is a bummer. And again, like, I'm not... That also sounds like I'm completely done with X-Wing. I still plan on playing here um, for a while. We do know um, the last thing I think we need to touch on here from the stream. Um, changes are coming to competitive play, which, not shocking, given the absolute change we're getting with Road, the proposed changes we're getting maybe to bumping or maybe to attacking at range zero. Um, they did mention that they were going to integrate a scenario play system into competitive play, that it would be an integral part um, and right now they're working on kind of a three scenario setup where one of those is just a classic dogfight and there'll be two more scenarios. And they said they're not necessarily going to be complicated, but they're going to be different ways that you, you know, you score in a given competitive event, which actually that if there weren't any other changes and they had just told me that I'd be so wildly excited because that actually is something I've thought about and thought would be kind of fun to have that as a component of some kind of competitive play. Um but we also know along with that, um, they announced that the score system for competitive events is also going to be very different. And this is actually kind of a big change, maybe subtler to people who haven't played as many big events. But um, the new 
tournament's going to have new tournament system's going to have a new form of margin of victory, which is a big change. It's going to be different than the existing ones. They clarified that. It's going to have draws and it's going to have levels of margin of victory. So, one thing they emphasized was that um, it's not just going to be about did I win my game or not because current X-Wing is a lot like, oh, I can rush in, score some points, duck out, and then I can win based on that. That was one thing they said they were trying to address and not have that be part of the game. That kind of what they called tower defense or like wait, 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 strike, pull out, and then um, win on just points. Um, so we're going to see a big change here to competitive the competitive format. I'll, I'm just, I'll be honest. This one is hard for me to be constructive about in in my criticisms this is not a system that excites me really in any way well we've been down the margin of victory sort of road before or like the um modified wins modified wins like having draws like i i don't see how they don't run into the same problems we've had before um <laughs> right intentional draws as people were upset about well no past. like those narrow wins like not counting for as much like i and that doesn't seem like an exciting commit event like those narrow games like you're playing against someone like just about as good as you and, and those like, are the you best barely, games right like yeah. those are the best games those are the most and, and like that like getting that win and, and like getting that reward like that's awesome you earned that one right like it wasn't like and, and the blowout games, like, those aren't that much fun. Like, either no. end of it, like, is not much fun. Like, the narrow games, like, are where, like, this game is at its best. Well, and AMG said this is a developing system, but the kind of the examples they brought up was that the more... They, they're trying to encourage aggression, as they said multiple times, and, like, engagement, right? Not a not a dodgy game where you, like, kind of skirt around the outside. But, like, they want to encourage engagement. And they said there's going to be whatever the system is, you'll get either tournament point, event points, whatever you want to call them, based on the level of margin you win. And they said that would bias towards games where there was more things, like, destroyed. So, like, if a game is 0 to 20, that might, I think it might fall into the draw category or something, where, like, there wasn't, you didn't hit a minimum threshold. Whereas if a game's, like, 180 to 160, each player will actually get a lot of event points for that. Um, Which is, I mean, that's a very different way to approach a competitive game, right? Like, that seems like a less competitive system. Even to the point where, I thought this was an interesting quote from uh, Michael Plummer. Um, he said, and what this means is, later on in the event, it is possible that a player who has lost games but has scored a bunch of points by uh, is going to go past people who have won all their games because of how hard they played and how much they did on the table. Which is, I mean, that's a paradigm shift for X-Wing in competition, where, you know, someone goes 5-1 beating out a 6-0. Like, and, and that's not necessarily, like, right or wrong, but that is kind of too much, I think, for us to wrap our heads around tonight. <laughs> right. Like, I, I don't even know what that really means or looks like. It makes your strength of schedule a lot more important. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. I What's guess? the quality of player you're yeah, playing? Yeah, jeez. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I know there are criticisms, and they are valid criticisms, of using... MOV as a way to determine, you know, points in a game and having that affect your standings. And it's true that, you know, MOV might not always accurately reflect how well you played, um, but it's a clean system. And I think at the end of the day, like you can respect a clean system, even if you don't necessarily like how it operates. Um, But you can adapt to it. Right. Exactly. Um, And I just, 
I don't know. I, I'd feel bad if I played my butt off at a tournament and won all my games and got eked out of the cut by someone that had a lower record than I did. But I'm also just very competitive, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, you also take into the fact, like, factors of, like, um, what what were their matchups? Were my matchups really tough and, you know, hard to win? Like, um, there's a bias in there, too, right? Well, so I guess that actually brings us to the end of our discussion of the live stream. So, you know, we shared some thoughts there. Uh, honestly, I think, you know, in good faith, we were not trying to, like, be overly critical, unnecessarily critical, or um, promote angst out there in the X-Wing community. But we felt that like, it was important to share how we honestly felt about this. And a lot of these points we could continue on, but I think we're already, <laughs> this is a record, record-setting record radio TCX. I might have to split this over the next month. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, on that, I guess where we're at is, okay, well, where do we go from here? Uh, this has definitely not been the tone of our, our usual episodes, and, and we really don't like that. Yes. Um, so we, we do want to make an announcement here um, right off the gate, and we'll explain this now. So don't uh, don't freak out if you're a longtime listener. Um, but we've been pondering these changes, especially right post um the AMG live stream. And we've decided um, for a number of reasons that we're going to take a hiatus from recording the podcast for a little while. Um, and this is not just us um, reactionary quitting the game that we very much plan to play the game um, for the coming months here. Um, Carson and John are both planning on play on LVO in January. So it's not us like making a dramatic X-wing he- exit here, or boycotting anything. Um, I guess a sabbatical might be a better term for like, yeah, <laughs> taking the time away. I think that's fair. Like we we've carried this uh, show right through um, a, a change in um, company management, and um, you know, not being in person play for like two years now, right? Like uh, th- that's a long time period to to keep making a weekly show. I, I feel like we've earned a little bit of a break there. And, and it's really important for us to, to kind of explain, you know, why we're doing it. And I think there are a couple, you know, key reasons. Um, and you know, all three of us, you know, we've, we've played this game for a long time. You know, we, we made the jump from first to second edition um, and have been playing, you know, for multiple years. And the amount of change that has been proposed in the last, you know, week and a half um, is just so vast um, that... It, it's hard for us to figure out w- what we're going to talk about without knowing the full implications of what these changes that are coming down, you know, the pipeline or even the proposed ones over the long term will have on the game. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to produce subpar content because we're spending episodes upon episodes, just speculating about something that may or may not even come to fruition. And a part of that is, um, honestly, we've produced a show pretty much weekly for more than five years. Um, and that's that's a lot to do. And we have to fill content every week. And a big part of that is we have to leverage the existing knowledge we have of the game. So you've, you've heard our Essentials episodes. You've heard our point change analysis, right? We have to take the expertise we've developed over the years and apply that to the game to pr- produce something that is usable to people, right? Um, we're at this awkward position now where we know about definite changes coming, which we don't understand. We admit we don't understand the full implications of Road and how it impacts the game, makes it better or worse, more fun or not fun. I don't know. Um, so 
we have to keep that in mind though as we continue to produce content and if we keep producing weekly content it's a lot of speculation um, it's also a lot of you know if we end up really not being excited about it that's a lot of negativity and we don't want to just be here if we're gonna get to a point where either we're negative every week about oh we don't like this and this changes everything um, and we also don't want to pretend like we know what you should do with this new rule set. Uh, we're not in a position to do that, and I don't think that's a, a useful use of people's time, even given how short our show normally is. And I, I think, you know, something that the three of us, too, are collectively pretty good at, and I feel pretty good saying this, too, is we have a really good um, constructive viewpoint of the game, you know, even despite our experiences or what we think our expertise is. Um, we, we've provided what I think are... Um, pretty valid, you know, viewpoints. And we talked about this a little bit kind of off cast is um, I was a listener of this show before becoming a host. So I kind of have a unique perspective of what it was like to listen to you guys talk about some of these things and now be on the other side of the mic, if you will, um, talking about them with you. And um, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of just a lot to take in, and uh, you know, we don't we don't want to produce something that we're not proud of or that you don't enjoy. Yeah, well, uh, I knew you're learning. The, the grass is always greener on the other side, there, John. Um, <laughs> but, but also, yeah, like I mean, this is this has always been a labor of love. Like when we started this, like we set out to we made the show we would want to listen to. Um, and, and, and so like, we've always tried to make sure we're, you know, if, if we're critical, we're at least, you know, trying to err on the positive side and that's, that's felt tough to do. And, and so it's like, well, instead of just, you know, being negative, it's like, let's, let's take a break and, and see where things end up. Um, like it, it is a lot of effort to continue to make this show. Uh, but, but it's been a fun process because, because we really enjoyed, uh, we, we enjoyed all that effort. Like these, these were fun conversations. Like. And, and so like, yeah, it was a lot of work, but it never, it never really felt like work. Um, and, and these, these past few weeks, it, it's felt like work. Um, and, and we don't really want to force ourselves in, into that position. Right. Um, and if you've ever created something, um, anybody out there, who's any, any kind of content, um, the passion is a big driving factor. Um, and it's just that we're at a point where I'm an more anxious about the future of X-Wing and I can't really say I'm excited. And I think I speak for John and Carson in that front. And that's not to say that we won't be excited in the future and that this won't be something that we will learn to adapt to. We just want to make sure that for you know the coming weeks and months that we're not just out here producing a subpar show here. Um, we want to make sure that if you know when we come back or if we view the game differently that we're honest about that. Well, so. and we owe it to ourselves and to everyone that's listened and you know has been a listener for a long time um, to to take time to really digest these changes and to think about how um you know it it affects how we think about the game and how we feel about the game personally which you know we have our own opinions and we're we're entitled to those and uh, we owe it to ourselves after i mean for you guys you know, probably five years for for me two years of producing this show to just kind of take a step back for a little bit and uh give ourselves time to think about it critically and constructively and figure out you know exactly how we really do feel about it. And, you know, um, I think it's also fair to say, keep an eye on this um, podcast feed, because even after we made that decision, um, we were thinking, like, oh, there's some fun stuff we could put out there that's not directly X-Wing related. Right, and, and like we say, yeah, we're taking a sabbatical, but that's that's more to take the pressure off us and to not feel like we need, we need to 
record on a weekly basis. Like if we feel like we want to record and, and like there's content we want to make, uh, we're going to do that and we're going to put it out. But, uh, but I guess we just don't want to really set in any of those expectations. Um, yeah. I do think it's very much worth saying, and we probably don't say this enough. We, uh, we have loved making this podcast. It is a labor of love and we we've enjoyed it. And we're so thankful for everyone who's listened to us um, and everyone who's supported us over the years. Um, I, I can't describe how much that means to me that, you know, we we started with this idea, a little idea back in the day, and to see people react to it positively um, has had a huge impact on my life. Absolutely. Like, like this is really hard for us to do. Like, we we really, really enjoy making this show and, and like, um, you know, having that, that commitment and holding to it of, of making this weekly show, like, that's meant a lot to all of us. Um, and you know, it's, it's been something we're all really proud of and, and like to, to at least take a break from that, like that is not something we're doing lightly. So to that end, I guess, um, uh, we can't do our normal sign off cause we always tell people to come back next week, but that's not necessarily true. Um, so, uh, we thank you all so much for listening to this. Um, we encourage you to have, you know, big changes coming in the future here. Please have respectful and constructive conversations will be out there trying to do the same and also trying to learn this new game and figure out um you know how it fits with what we know and try to figure out what's going on here um thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you eventually yeah see you around kid right 